This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. Communication is a two-way street. While we talk a lot about your output on the show, today we're going to take a look at the input. Are you really listening to what people have to say? And if not, how can you improve? On the line with me today is Oscar Triboli, uh, author, host of the Apple Award-winning podcast, Deep Listening, and a sought-after keynote speaker to discuss the levels of listening. I think we have to zoom into a boardroom in April 2008 to really make sense of all of this. I'm sitting in an annual budget process between Sydney, Seattle and Singapore. And the meeting's supposed to go for 90 minutes. At the 20-minute mark, my vice president in the room looks me straight in the eye and says, Oscar, we need to talk immediately after this meeting. Christine, the only thing that was going through my mind is how many weeks of salary have I got left because I think I'm about to be fired. Uh, surprisingly, the meeting finished at the 70-minute mark, 20 minutes early. And uh, as everybody walked out of the room, Tracy, my vice president, asked me to close the door. And as I walked back from closing the door, she said, you have no idea what you did at the 20-minute mark, do you? I thought, great, I'm getting fired. I don't even know why. As I sat down, Tracy said to me, Oscar, if you could code the way you listen, you could change the world. Now, as profound as that was, Christine, in that moment, the only thing going through my head was, woohoo, I haven't been fired. And uh, ever since 2008, I've been on a quest along with the Deep Listening Ambassadors community to code the way people listen so that they can move from output and balance that with the input because only 2% of us in the workplace have ever been taught how to listen. That's amazing. Uh, I can understand the relief of that moment as well. Um, I think the first thing to start off with is what are people getting wrong about listening? I think the biggest thing people get wrong is they focus on what's being said. And if people know these three numbers about listening, you'll spend more time focusing on what's not said. Good listeners are actively listening to what's said and great listeners notice what's not said. If you know the three numbers, 125, 400, and 900, you'll know why it's much more important, much more powerful, much more potent in the workplace, whether you're trying to engage your employees, whether you're trying to keep loyal customers, whether you're trying to form partnerships with organizations or policymakers inside government. 125 on average is our speaking speed in words per minute. Our listening speed, on the other hand, is 400 words per minute. That means right now, while you're listening to this, you may be doing it at two times speed because you can listen a little bit faster. Yet knowing that you will be distracted, we have peripheral vision, but we also have peripheral hearing. Good listeners get distracted and take a while to come back into the conversation. Great listeners know they will be distracted. They have rituals they have ways to get back into the conversation. And the most important number is 900. On average, 900 words per minute is most people's thinking speed. Now, here's the challenge for you as the listener. While the speaker is speaking, they're thinking at 900 words per minute. Yet, they can only say 125 or 14% of what they're thinking every minute. If you just exclusively focus on what they're saying, 
you'll miss the 86% of things that they're not saying. You will explore their thinking more deeply and more importantly, what they mean rather than what they say. So the biggest thing, Christine, that people get wrong is they get fixated on just noticing and focusing on what people say. Hmm. That's really fascinating. And I didn't know that about the fact that you think faster than you speak, but you speak faster than you listen. That's so fascinating to learn that today. So you mentioned that we are essentially programmed to be distracted by things, obviously not just peripheral vision, but peripheral hearing or other environmental things, perhaps uh, even our own thoughts, I guess, if you're if you're thinking faster than mm. you can listen, <laughs> right, that might be you might be sort of gearing up to come up with your response rather than actually hearing what the other person has to say. So if that's the case, I mean, tell me a little bit about how to navigate that. You mentioned that part of that is knowing that you're going to be distracted and mitigating that. Yeah. So most people start their listening by focusing on the speaker and that's the wrong place to start. When we go through the five levels of listening, listening to yourself is the foundational level of listening, not listening to the speaker, but listening to yourself. When we looked at 22,000 people in our deep listening research, 86% of people are stuck here at level one they turn up to a conversation completely distracted, internal, external distractions, or or it could be just the last meeting that they had or anticipating what could happen in this meeting. The three biggest tips that our ambassadors tell us are useful for them are, number one, manage your notifications on your electronic devices. I'm not saying switch them off. That would be even better but managing them. The last two years, the biggest distraction that's electronic is connected watches, Christine. I don't know if you've been in a conversation with somebody with a connected watch. What are you noticing when they're kind of pretending to listen to you, but turning their watch to pick up an email message or a text message or a WhatsApp message? Do you have a connected watch, Christine? I I unfortunately do. But actually, it's funny that you bring that up. That was one of my biggest concerns, actually, before I got one, was I didn't want my wrist to be buzzing all the time. So I think that's definitely true that you have to be very aware of, you know, the situation you're going into and make sure to, I mean, do not disturb and focus modes and all that exists for a reason, right? And yet most people don't activate them and you can automate them. You can connect them with your calendar as an example. And for many of us, we don't have a ritual to get ready for listening. If an orchestra or a band is playing, they tune their instruments before they go into the performance, whether they've been in that concert hall before, whether they've played with that other member Tuning the instrument, that is you, your whole body as a listening instrument, is one of the critical things you need to do. So tip number one, manage your electronic notifications. Tip number two, drink a glass of water before you go into any conversation. Not a cup of coffee, not tea, just a glass of water. And you should be drinking a glass of water for every 30 minutes in a conversation. A hydrated brain is a listening brain. And if you host meetings, please bring water in for your guests as well. So tip number two to get ready, drink water because it will send a physical signal to the parasympathetic nervous system, which is just in your chest. It's that part of your nervous system that gives you your gut feel. 
It's your intuition. When you drink water, it will have a calming, relaxing effect on you. And that process of just drinking water will bring you present to your body and out of your mind. So tip number two, drink a glass of water before the meeting and have a glass of water every half an hour. And tip number three, three simple deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. So before you log into a video conference, before you jump into a meeting, before you dial that phone number, just pause, just take three deep breaths and again, become present. Again, this will send a signal to the part of the body, the parasympathetic nervous system that will allow you to become present and maybe just create enough space for you to listen to what the person's about to say next. So that's just the first level of listening. People who apply these tips, Christine, they tell me on average they get four hours a week back in their schedule because when they listen, the meetings that they do have are much shorter and sometimes they don't even need to have the meetings that they have because a lot of meetings people have in the workplace are fixing meetings. Something was broken before because we didn't listen. Somebody delivered something because they didn't hear. So they're the three most practical tips at level one when it comes to our listening. That's so fascinating. Uh, I love the idea of warming up to listen. I think that's so... We go into meetings or these interactions with other stuff prepared, but to actually prepare physically for, for that and to put yourself also in the right headspace to also pay attention, I think is is so crucial. And those are not difficult tips. You know, those are things that are very easy to incorporate into that that routine. So I love that you've shared that uh, uh, with everyone. Uh, now, we do have to take a very, very short break uh, for some messages. But after that, we will continue to listen to Oscar Trimboli speak about listening here on Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong and this is BFM 89.9. Bold, fearless Malaysians. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong and on the line with me today is Oscar Trimboli. He is an author, he's a sought-after keynote speaker, he's also the host of the Apple Award-winning podcast, Deep Listening. So of course today we're talking about listening, which feels ironic, but okay. And before the break, we talked a little bit about the biggest thing people get wrong when it comes to listening, as well as getting into the beginnings of the five levels of listening, a few little tips uh, for you to prepare your body, your mind, to be ready to listen. Maybe let's go through what the next levels of listening are, because there are five of them, so I've been told. Thanks, Christine. Uh, The book How to Listen outlines all of this. So level one, listen to yourself. Level two, listen to the content. Level three, we start to listen for things. We're listening for the context at level three. We're listening for the unsaid at level four. And ultimately, at level five, we're listening for meaning. Most people are stuck between level one and two, Christine. They're listening to things. Uh, At level two, we're listening to content, what you see, what you hear, what you sense. Sense is about emotion in a conversation. A lot of people say to me, hey, Oscar, how do I deal with a really emotional conversation? How do I stop them? How do I avoid it? And I would say the exact opposite is true. Them trusting you enough with their emotion is a signal that 
what they say really matters to them. Uh, a lot of workplaces try and avoid the emotion, but emotion is always present in human dialogue, positive emotion, negative emotion. So take the time to be present and listen, not just to what they say, but also to how they're saying it. At level three, when we listen for context, we're listening for backstory. Too many people are listening to a conversation where the speaker describes themselves as an actor in a movie, but they're describing it from their perspective as if they're showing you their own camera, their own view of the world. A really potent way to understand the context and the backstory, simply ask them this, when did you first notice this was an issue? When did this first happen? When did you change your mind about this topic? And all of a sudden, they'll start to put pieces into a jigsaw puzzle, not just for you, but also for them. Good listeners ask questions. Great listeners ask questions that change the way a speaker communicates. When you start to ask these questions like, hey, when did you first notice this? Take me back to when it became an issue. Their body posture will change, Christine. Their shoulders will go back. Their eyes will change. Their head tilt will alter. And they'll say words like, hmm, actually, now that I think about it, and you've changed the way the speaker is communicating. A lot of people say listening is hard. It's draining. It's difficult. Listening's light and easy when you listen this way because it alters and shortens the way the speaker communicates. From what I gather, you're saying that instead of them telling it from that first-person camera perspective, you want them to switch mm. that perspective. So what is the aim there? What perspective are you trying to get them to go to? When you broaden people's perspective, so they move from me to we to us, all of a sudden, the way they describe an issue or how they're dealing with it or not dealing with it, it alters their perspective. And what we want to do, good, good listeners try and make sense of what the speaker says. And great listeners help the speaker explore their thinking just a little bit further. So the role is ultimately, if you want to be a problem solver as a business owner or a manager, great, no problem. But you make yourself the bottleneck for the business. If you want to liberate your people, your team, your customers, your suppliers, so they can explore things a little better, a little broader, a little deeper, it will do two things. One, it will help them think through their own solutions. Number two, the solutions they think of, they don't just deal with the symptoms, the immediate issue, but they're also dealing with the systems that created it as well, particularly in larger government organisations or businesses that have multiple systems and processes. Often the issue people are describing is the symptom help the speaker listen to the causes, and then you'll have a permanent change rather than multiple people in your team coming back over and over again. Mm, love that. And it feels like it's essentially setting your expectation for what you want out of the conversation is really important. That becomes your listening compass for you and for them. There's many dimensions to this. Uh, listening for them uh, listening to them and listening for the outcome that you both want to achieve or in a group setting, what would that be? 
So for many of us, we don't set the compass. So we meander through a conversation and it's really draining. It's really difficult. And we don't know where to go. I, I interviewed uh, Christopher and Jennifer on, on the podcast. And one of the points Christopher made was when it comes to listening, communicating about how you communicate is the biggest step most people miss. And Christopher shared a beautiful story. He said to me, I came home from school one day at the age of three and my mum was at home. And I said to my mum, mum, I learned a bit about math today and I learned the three is half of eight. Now, his mum was a primary school teacher. She was so frustrated. She thought, what are they teaching kids at school these days? Three is not half of eight. Anyway, his mum, Jennifer, got a packet of M&Ms out of the cupboard and laid them on the kitchen bench four by four, four little chocolate soldiers on each side facing each other. Christopher got picked up by his mum, put on the bench and said, Christopher, honey, how many chocolate soldiers on this line? And he went one, two, three, four. And on the other side, four mum. She said, see, Christopher, four is half of eight, not three. And with that, Christopher, like Superman, leapt off the bench in the kitchen, went to the cupboard, got a piece of paper. And with a Sharpie, he was from the United States. He drew the figure eight and he showed it to his mum. And he folded that piece of paper in half vertically and he tore it in half and showed his mum two beautifully formed threes. And in that moment, his mum realised that the way Christopher processes the world is completely different. Now, by the way, Christine, if Christopher would have turned the eight horizontally and cut it in half the other way, zero is half of eight. And most people are listening to confirm a bias, to confirm their education, professional background, and you are in conversations every day where you're screaming in your head going, four is half of eight, four is half of eight, you're wrong, I'm right. And what you're doing is listening to what they say and not what they mean. One of the things Christopher taught me at the end of that interview, now Christopher um, graduated college in the United States well before his peers, nearly three years before, because what you don't know about Christopher is he's neurodivergent. He thinks about the world in patterns that most people don't think about. He was thinking geometrically and his mum was thinking mathematically. Most of us in workplaces have mental contexts that are not aligned and if we do what Christopher says, which is communicate about how we're going to communicate, a lot of conflict, chaos and confusion and frustration in the workplace will be removed. Amazing. We are unfortunately running out of time. Uh, so I think just very briefly, I just want to cover what those last two levels of listening are uh, and then we'll wrap it up from there. At level four, we're listening for unsaid. This is what somebody hasn't said already. And three very quick questions you can ask to explore what's unsaid. The first question, tell me more. Or you could just say, say more. Now, keep in mind, linguistically, any question that's more than eight words, linguistically is biased. That doesn't mean biased questions are bad. Just be conscious about when you use biased questions. So question number one, tell me more. Question number two, and what else? Question number two, and what else? Now, don't ask these questions sequentially. Only choose one of these three questions to explore what's unsaid. Otherwise, I think you really aren't listening to them, Christine. 
question number three, the most powerful, the most liberating, the most inspiring, yet done poorly, it can also be the most intimidating. So use this one skillfully. Here it is. Now, don't worry, nothing froze. Silent and listen, share the identical characters. So when it comes to your listening, silence is often the most potent tool you can use. Finally, at level five, we are listening for what they mean, what they're thinking, how they're making sense of the world. When you listen at level five, you can have an impact beyond words because you change the way the speaker communicates what they're struggling with. So in summary, the five levels again in the book, How to Listen. Level one, listening to yourself. Level two, listening to the content. Level three, listening for the context. Level four, listening for what's unsaid. And then level five, listening for meaning. Fantastic. Obviously, if people want to know more, they can find the book, uh, How to Listen. And of course, they can also listen to the podcast, Deep Listening. A lot of listening happening right now. But thank you so much, Oscar, for shedding some light on uh, listening and the levels of listening today. Christine, thanks for listening to me. This has been Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. I've been speaking to Oscar Trimboli, author, sought-after keynote speaker, and also host of uh, the podcast, Deep Listening. If you've missed any of today's show and you want to re-listen, you can also do that. We upload our podcast on uh, our app. It's available on the Apple App Store and Google Play. And also, of course, on our website, bfm.my. This is BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.